Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show right after Bayern Munich's big 4-0 victory over Wolfsburg. Uh, what a way to end the Hinrunde for Bayern Munich. Uh, this one was an odd game, to say the least. Uh, from start to finish, Bayern Munich was, was dominant, but I still can't shake the feeling that uh, Wolfsburg was more hapless and more hopeless than Bayern was dominant. But either way, a really good performance for the Bavarians as they looked to close out this first half of the season, and they did so in a strong manner. Let's start with a recap of what happened and how the match played out. Uh, the first half, things did not start well for Wolfsburg as Thomas Muller did what he does. Uh, after a free kick taken by Leroy Sané, ball bounced out. Serge Gnabry took a shot from distance. Colin Castiles was able to punch the ball away, but unfortunately for him, it was right to Thomas Muller, who was able to deposit the ball into the back of the net for a quick 1-0 lead just seven minutes into the, into the match. And for what it's worth at that point, you could already tell that Wolfsburg was going to pack it in. They were playing just to survive. It felt like they had two or three buses parked right in front of the net. This was not the Wolfsburg that I'm used to seeing. Uh, they played with no courage. They were toothless. They didn't want to take any chances. It was really kind of sad to see. And this is not the way you would want your football team to play. If you are a Florian Kohfeldt, you, I think you have to take a look at your tactics. You have to take a look at your strategy. And you have to figure something out because you're a coach that came in after Mark Van Bommel was fired. And you, you haven't made anything better at this point. And at some point, the players are going to be looking to you. Management's going to be looking to you. Uh, you have to make some changes. You have to figure it out. Uh, clearly, things are not working right now. But anyway, the first half would go on and eventually end at 1-0. And some people may have thought, well, it's not that bad. But if you watched the match, you could tell that it was pretty lopsided. And it didn't get any better. In the 57th minute, uh, Thomas Muller found Dio Upamakano with a deft little pass that Upamakano headed home. Uh, and just an excellent play. It just shows you where Thomas Muller is, how valuable he is, and what he can still do on the pitch. He was excellent on the day. And uh, that assist, of course, I believe that was his 13th of the season so far in the Bundesliga. So that is uh, putting him on a record pace. Uh, he is obviously uh, at the top of his game and is, is still able to do many, many things uh, that many people never give him credit for doing. And it's not just his passing or his scoring. It's the way he draws defenders. It's the way he exploits space, even if that's become cliche to say. Now, it's all true. Thomas Muller is really at the top of his game. Uh, in the 59th minute, just, just a couple of minutes later, uh, Leroy Sané did his best Aryan Robin and whipped in a shot from the right side, and that was 3-0. Uh, Sané, again, just very impressive. He has been uh, a player that's really grown under Julian Nagelsmann and something that I touched on in the weekend warm-up post, blog post today, uh, earlier today, where you, know, you have to look at the overall picture with Nagelsmann, the players that he's helping, and the way he's going about it. It's not just strategy or tactical changes. 
he's using a lot of the same methods that Hansi Flick used. He's building relationships. He's establishing trust. And it seems to really be working. So Leroy Sané, another goal for him. He has been outstanding in the first half of the season here. Then we started to see a slew of subs. Uh, Marcel Savitzer in for Mark Roca. Omar Richards came in for Alfonso Davies. Bunasar in for Serge Gnabry. Tangai Nianzu in for Luca Hernandez. And Malik Tillman came in for Benjamin Pavar. And Pavar is... Uh, he's a player that we'll touch on in a bit. Uh, in the 87th minute, Jamal Musiala hit Robert Lewandowski, and Lewandowski deposited the ball into the back of the net for a 4-0 lead. That would be the final score. That was the 87th minute, and thank God that Lewandowski scored because he looked like he might erupt on someone at some point if he did not get an opportunity. Uh, so from a Bayern Munich standpoint, I don't think there's much negative you can say. They dominated the match. They saw a lot of good individual performances, Benjamin Pavard being among them. Uh, you know, quickly wanted to mention him. I thought he had another solid game. And if he's a player that can regain the trust of the fan base, that will go a long way in helping his future outlook here. Uh, but yeah, I honestly thought that uh, Byron was dominant from start to finish, but I, I, I really, like I said, can't shake the feeling that part of the reason Byron was so dominant was because Wolfsburg was just so complacent. They were just looking to get out of that match with minimal damage, and it was sad. It was really sad to see. I'm disappointed in Florian Kofeld for having that strategy. I think like anyone if you're going to go into a match with Bayern Munich, you have to try and go punch for punch with them. And yes, the majority of the time you're going to lose when you go swinging with Bayern Munich, but you have to throw hands. You can't sit there and absorb punch after punch, jab after jab after jab, because all of those jabs add up. And eventually a team as talented as Bayern Munich is going to break through. They're going to score goals. And that's what happened today. So I was really disappointed in Wolfsburg. It was to me, just a, a really bad showing for them. And I, I hope for the sake of the Bundesliga that Wolfsburg can get their act together, can really just turn things around, but I'm not so sure. Uh, it just seems like they're a rudderless ship. And that's bad to say because they're already on their second manager of the season. So that was very, very disappointing. Uh, some of the, the, the takeaways from the match, aside of Bayern's dominance and Wolfsburg being just, like I said, toothless, uh, you know, we have to look at Julian Nagelsmann and the effect that he's made on this roster, what he's done. It's not easy to step in for a coach like Hansi Flick. Hansi Flick won a sex tuple. Hansi Flick came into a situation that not many people thought he could turn around, and he put Bayern Munich right back at the top of the standings in the world. That was never going to be an easy task for Julian Nagelsmann, but he's handled it with aplomb so far. I'm not going to say everything's perfect with Nagelsmann, by no means. There are some things that he does that I don't disagree, that I don't agree with. I, I, this hybrid back three, I, I, while it's got its positives and its negatives, I don't always feel that he has... Uh, I don't always feel that it's, it's necessarily best for the team. And I think there's, there's just a lot of openings that could eventually be exploited by more top end teams. Uh, but I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. And part of the reason why it kind of 
I guess, I don't want to say annoys me, but bothers me a little is because I think he just wants to run a back three. And I think he would be more comfortable running a back three, but just doesn't want to say it. I've, I've, you know, said that a million times on these podcasts. I've probably written it a million times, but if he wants to do that, I think he should just be able to do it rather than work through this hybrid thing. Uh, We've even seen Benjamin Pavar address it and essentially say, you know, he's a center back for all intents and purposes these days. So, uh, which is good for him because that's, you know, where he wants to play anyway. Um, so anyway, the point being that Nagelsmann has made a good impact on his personnel, a great impact on his roster. He's established relationships. He has great communication with his team. He's recognized when to reward them and when to be tough on them. Uh, so from that standpoint, all of those things that are probably the harder end of coaching, the non-tactical parts he has conquered. I think he has some work to do on the tactical side, but you can't argue with his results. I mean, he is winning. He's winning matches. Uh, you know, he has his team. He had his team run through the Champions League. And, and I mean, they just obliterated everyone. Aside of the Borussia Mönchengladbach, DFB, Pokal debacle, uh, which he didn't even, he wasn't even in the coaching box for, uh, you know, his team is pretty damn solid. So overall, for those of you who were worried about how Nagelsmann might take over, I think he's proven that he is more than capable of taking over for Flick. And while I myself am still a Flick guy, I can recognize that Nagelsmann is doing things in a little bit different of a way, but still getting those great results that Bayern fans want. So I think it's been a very positive Hinronda for Nagelsmann. And I think that he is only going to get better as he gets more comfortable. If I had one other critique of Nagelsmann, it's that I think he needs to be a little more, I think he needs to be stronger and taking out some of his, uh, veteran players like Joshua Kimmich. Uh, Kimmich is prone to running himself down. It would not shock me if he builds up even more wear and tear. I don't want to say getting COVID was a blessing because it's definitely not, but it's probably saved his legs a little bit. Unfortunately, he had the after effect of getting fluid in his lungs, which obviously no one wants, but Kimmich definitely is a player who you need fresh, and he is also a player who never wants to come off the pitch. So Nagelsmann has to do a little bit better with his rotating. He has to do a little bit better with recognizing when to rest players who might be, I don't want to say attitude problems, but they might be less willing to uh, want to comply with a request to come off. Uh, Another takeaway from the match was just Thomas Muller's continued excellence. Uh, not only did Mueller score, not only did he get another assist, but Mueller has been just so good all season. And I, I, I've said this before, but he and Robert Lewandowski, I mean, they are the two best players in the team. And, and that's saying a lot because you have so many other top quality players and you have other players like Leroy Sané and Joshua Kimmich and even Serge Gnabry or Kingsley Coman, who are all at the top of their games right now. Nicholas Sula is another one who is at the top of his game, this is as good as Sula has played in a while. And even though he did not play today uh, due to a back injury, he is a player who undoubtedly is able to uh, not just raise his own level of play, but raise the level of play of those defenders around him. And he's done that. So you have to look at the cumulative effect that we're seeing here. All of these players are raising their game. And if they can, uh, you know, continue on that path, players like Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski are only going to benefit from it more. And 
listen, Mueller again was just really terrific today. He did everything he needed to do. It's just another stellar effort. And he's a player that I think that, you know, is underappreciated globally. And it's hopefully games like this that allow other fans to be able to recognize what makes him so great and appreciate what he does on the pitch. Uh, That is about it for this episode. I appreciate you listening. We're still going to keep going with the podcasting, even though the team will be on a break. We'll have a flagship show. We'll still do our weekend warm-up podcast. Obviously, the previews and the post games will go on a bit of a hiatus, but you'll still be hearing plenty of your favorite or not favorite BFW voices as we move on this winter. So stay on the lookout for those. We'll obviously uh, take care of advertising any uh, podcasts that we're producing on the site. So uh, stay tuned and stay with us. Uh, you can always get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams seventy one, and you can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. Please check the site out for all of our great post game coverage. We'll have obviously our match awards, our observations, our initial analysis, this podcast, and some game reactions. So stay with us, and we will see you next time.